God bless you, and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks so much for joining me today. One very large consideration these days when buying a car is, how many miles per gallon does it get? How far can you go in it? When buying a mobile phone, one big consideration is how big is the storage capacity? Gotta have a lot of room for tons of pictures and music. When buying a protein drink, we read the label to see how much protein is in it and what kind of protein. All these things are considerations of the ability of something to properly provide for our needs. There are very many products out there fighting for our attention. Their advertisers hype the features of these products in an effort for us to believe in them and acquire them. Question is, what do we believe about these things? Are they telling us the truth? What do you believe in, and are you willing to stake your money and time on it? How about the rest of your life? What do you believe in, and what is its capacity to fulfill the desires and needs of your heart? Who or what provides for you? What gives you confidence? What gives you peace? What gives you hope? My faith is in God. He will provide. If you're having trouble with your faith in God, give a listen. There are situations in life where we are asked a question about what we are doing about something, and we give our reply. Then the questioner asks a second question. How's that working for you? A day does not go by wherein we are not challenged concerning our actions and beliefs. Today will be no different because I'm going to challenge you concerning your beliefs. I'm going to ask you questions of your belief. What do you believe in and what is its ceiling? Can it go beyond the sky and bring you healing? Can it end all the pain you are feeling? Can it stop the thief, your joy from stealing? What is under your feet? What is your floor? Can you walk in confidence, or is that a chore? Do your beliefs lock you up, or unlock the door? Do you have lead feet, or wings to soar? Small, medium, large, or huge, what is your capacity? Your walk, the stealth of timidity, or the eagerness of veracity? Your grip on truth, slipping away, or held with tenacity? Speaking the truth in a whisper or with audacity? How big is your faith in God? I have a few things to talk about today, and you have a lot of things to think about today. I love asking questions. It's something God does a lot. God asked Job a total of 77 questions in one conversation. Jesus had a habit of answering a question with a question. Questions are good because they make us think. What will be our answer? We are questioned at times by our adversary, and we are questioned at times by our God. One moment I remember particularly was when one morning, as I reclined in my comfortable office chair with my legs kicked up on my bed while I was worshiping in the Spirit, God quietly asked me, What about that reverence thing? Well, I will be honest, I did end up on my knees that morning. It's not something that he requires of me all the time, 
but there are times when it is appropriate. It all started with a simple question. Then there are those days we ask ourselves a question or two. Why am I thinking this way? Why did I do that again? Why do I have this fear? As I was preparing for this podcast and considering what to teach on, one thought I had was the old Christian cliche, to every question there is an answer, and it is Jesus. It may be somewhat cliche, but it is the truth. But I want to go beyond the cliche and go deeper and stir our hearts today to ponder what boundaries are in place about our belief in God. Is there a limit to what God can do for you? Can he do the impossible? Can God provide for you when you are up against a deadline? Many years ago, I lived in a house and the two roommates I had moved out. It was Saturday morning and rent was due on Monday. I could not afford to pay the rent by myself and I had no prospects that morning. My usual reaction to these types of situation is to simply speak in tongues. It's perfect thanks, and it's perfect prayer, and it's perfect worship. Not a bad thing to do when you're pushed up against a wall. So as I sat there that morning, it wasn't long before my phone rang. When I answered it, the person on the other end said he had gotten my number from one of my church leaders and that he had just moved into town from Mississippi and needed a place to live. He was calling from a payphone. Yeah, this was uh, many, many years ago. He was calling from a payphone that was two miles away. I went and picked him up, roommate number one. After we got back, we relaxed that afternoon and began watching a movie. The phone rang again. Are you seeing a pattern in this? A friend of mine from Oklahoma was calling. Hey, Dennis, I just got a job working at Dolly Madison Bakery in Glendale, which was not very far from my house, and I need a place to stay until I find a place to live. My response, you just found a place to live. Roommate number two. When I was praying that morning, I didn't scream and shout and run about. I simply sat and worshiped God and gave thanks. Sometimes I have gotten very vocal. Sometimes I can be quite emphatic in my request to God. But the bottom line is, I know he is faithful. Do you believe God is faithful to his promises to take care of you? Can you quietly sit and pray for him to fulfill his promises? Or do you need to call a bunch of people and ask for help? I realize there are times when there is safety in a multitude of counselors, and that having more people praying can shift the balance of power in that situation. But bottom line, where is your faith? Romans 10.17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So what are you listening to these days? I think it's a good sign you're listening to me, not to boast about me, but that you are seeking help. It shows you're hungry for something. It shows you are meek enough to search for answers. We all need counselors or mentors. So the first thing to build your faith is simply read the word. You can see miracle upon miracles in the book of Acts. You can see the works of Jesus portrayed in the Gospels. And don't forget, that power and authority has been given to you. As we read the Old Testament, we see record upon record of how someone came to God in a moment of crisis and how he answered their questions and prayers. 
One record that comes to mind is concerning Gideon. It's found in Judges chapter 6. Israel is surrounded by the Midianites. An angel that looked like a man, sorry, no wings, came to Gideon as he was hiding grain from the invading Midianites. The first thing the angel said to Gideon was, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Pretty amazing opening line. But Gideon would have none of it, and his response we read in verse 14. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, oh, that's where that comes from, Hmm. O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So Gideon had a few questions of his own. And he reveals his attitude that the Lord had forsaken them. The deeper problem is that Israel had forsaken God. But God was there this day to begin to deliver Israel with little Gideon. But we find that Gideon wasn't a pushover. He required a little help in his faith. He tossed out a fleece or two to become convinced it was God offering victory. We have a different requirement these days. We must believe first, and then we see. But we have the Spirit of God within us to strengthen, guide, and teach us, to comfort us. We have the written word that shows us the true qualities of our God, who we also can call Father or Abba. Consider these very famous words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow! No wonder this is perhaps one of the most recited psalms. I once heard a person complain about being called a sheep. I'm not a sheep, I'm a son of God. Well, actually, we are both. According to First Peter, Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of my soul. Bah! In Psalm 23, there are many references to the redemptive names of God. The first verse declares he is my shepherd. That alone is very comforting. To realize that the Lord is looking over me and providing for my every need is pretty awesome. Because he is my shepherd, the benefit is that I don't want. I don't lack anything. The next verse tells us what he does and what he provides for us. We've got green pastures, not scorched earth. We've got still or peaceful waters instead of troubled waters. He restores our souls. Anybody need their soul restored? I know somebody who can do it for you. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. That foreshadows Philippians where it says, He works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Then there's verse 4. 
that valley of the shadow of death. Unfortunately, sounds like too many neighborhoods in our world today. But though I walk through them, I don't have to be afraid because he's with me, with his power to comfort me. Then verse 5 has the wonderful image that in the middle of a battle, the Lord prepares a table for us to sit down and eat right in front of our enemies. The Lord is kind of rubbing their nose in their lies that he can't provide for us. Hey, enemies, take a look at how good God is. Hey, enemies, look at what you're missing. Then he anoints our head with oil, which in the Old Testament was reserved when he called somebody out to a position of power and authority. And then he gets sloppy and overflows our cup. He's not worried. There's enough even if he spills some. And then there is the finish wherein we are being followed. There's a wonderful anecdote concerning being followed by goodness and mercy. It goes like this. A mother was concerned about her kindergarten son, Timmy, walking to school alone. He didn't want his mother to walk with him. She wanted to give him the feeling that he had some independence, but yet know that he was safe. So she had an idea of how to handle it. The mother asked a neighbor if she would please follow him to school in the mornings, staying at a distance, so he probably wouldn't notice her. The neighbor said that since she was up early with her toddler anyway, it would be a good way for them to get some exercise as well, so she agreed. The next day, the neighbor and her little girl set out following behind Timmy as he walked to school with his friend Susie. She did this for a whole week. As the two walked and chatted, kicking stones and twigs, Susie noticed that the same lady was following them as she seemed to do every day all week. Finally, she said to Timmy, Have you noticed that lady following us to school all week? Do you know her? Timmy nonchalantly replied, Yeah, I know who she is. The little girl said, Well, who is she? That's Shirley Goodnest. Timmy replied, and her daughter, Marcy. Surely, goodness, who is she and why is she following us? Well, Timmy explained, every night my mom reads me the 23rd Psalm, and in the Psalm it says, Surely, goodness, and Marcy shall follow me all the days of my life. So I guess I'll just have to get used to it. I am blessed to say I have gotten used to seeing these qualities and blessings of God in my life. It's not that God is stalking you, but he is ever-present to bless you. The last phrase, though, is one that is left up to us. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As children of God, we have a right to walk into the throne room and take our seat at the right hand of God. The question is, will we do it? Where are you mentally dwelling? I have a homework assignment for you. Get out pen and some paper and write out Psalm 23 a couple of times. Somewhere around my house, I have a printout of Psalm 23 that's about three and a half inches wide and perhaps eight inches long. And it's folded so that each verse appears in its own portion. I carried it around with me and memorized the psalm a while ago. Unfortunately, I haven't meditated enough on it lately, and so I can't remember all of it perfectly. 
but I'm going to do my own homework and reestablish these great truths in my heart. Psalm 23 has wonderful truths that will answer the questions of our belief. It shows us that with God there is no ceiling. He is unlimited. His truth gives us a firm foundation and great confidence. No matter what the challenge or the question, God has what we need. Now go do your homework.